Blog Talk Radio. Hello everyone and welcome to Gypsy Poet Radio. I'm the Gypsy Poet. And this evening we are featuring what he calls himself a jack of all trades. But he's got a massive filmography. An actor, producer, and tonight we're going to explore the director. Please welcome the outlandish, the funny, the witty, and the most unconventional and out-of-the-box, James Balsamo. Hello, hello. Are you there? Yes, hello, sexy robot lady. <laughs> How are you? I'm ecstatic. You know, your uh, your best guest has arrived. The uh, luscious, sensational, ecstatic James Balsamo. Hey, everybody, great to be here. So uh, honored to be a guest on this show. Let's uh, let's get this ball rolling. Yes, absolutely. You have quite a number of films that you have accomplished, and not only as a director, but also as a producer and an actor yourself. Mm. But what I want to know is what inspired you to become a director for horror films? Well, what inspired me was uh, I I started out acting when I was a kid. I started out... uh, eight years old and I got tired of going on auditions up until college. You know, I'd done a bunch of background acting, but uh, I really wanted to be in horror movies, but I didn't know anybody that made them. So I went to film school. I learned how to make my own damn movie and it got picked up for worldwide distribution. My first film, Hack Job in 2011. It had uh, Lloyd Kaufman from Troma in it, Debbie Rashawn, Lynn Lowry from the crazies and the late great odorous Rungus from Guam. And uh, that movie was on cable TV all over the U.S. and Canada for three years. I've been making movies ever since. Congratulations. I like where this is oh, going. <laughs> yes. All the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. And you're probably giggling, too. <laughs> so what aspect sure, like of telling... Sure, like a little schoolgirl with pigtails on. <laughs> um, wonderful. So uh, what aspect of telling a story do you enjoy best? Uh, you know, I love the uh, the twists. There's nothing that just, you know, lulling somebody into a false of security of, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen, and then boom, Asian baby ghost in the toaster. That's what gets them every time. Nobody expects the Asian baby ghost in the toaster. Can you elaborate on that? That's interesting. Yeah. Well, if you've seen any insane uh, Asian horror film, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. They're just their cinema is incredibly silly and wacky, and I just like elements of baby ghost in the toaster. Like you, you never see it coming. Ah, I see. You know why so toast there's... never remembers your birthday? Uh huh. Because it's burnt. I love that. Yeah, uh, that one pops up at you. Yes. 
Um, so do you have support from your immediate family when it comes to directing films? I do. Uh, when I lived in New York, I used to put my parents and my brother in all of my films. But uh, I moved to Los Angeles uh, to live under the Hollywood sign. And since then, I've, uh, I haven't really put them in my films. Sometimes uh, when I see them, I'll shoot a clip. Or if they come to visit, I'll shoot something and put them in a movie. But, but they're very supportive. So I, uh, awesome. I love my family's support. They, my dad was always, uh, always available when I needed an actor when I first started making movies. So it's always that, a good- I'm grateful. Yes, that's a wonderful thing to have. Wow, don't ever lose that. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, is there a favorite movie that's that's become sort of your muse or something that you always go back to when you feel like you're lacking inspiration? There is. Um, Army of Darkness, Sam Raimi's third installment of the Evil Dead um, for me, that's a movie I watched growing up, and there's just so much great preacher work in it from KMBFX, who I had uh, Robert Kurtzman from uh, KMB play the mayor in my film, Killer Waves. That's a surf slasher film where a killer is making a human flesh surfboard out of surfers. And uh, I'm currently filming the sequel, which has uh, Marky Ramone from the Ramones in it. So, Gabba Gabba, hey, check that out. Killer Waves, out now, com or Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble. Surf's up. Yes, again, congratulations. So oh. I, want to, I want to talk Hold about... Hold your applause, a- please. I did a yeah. few of these things. <laughs> There's a film that stood out in my mind when I was reading a little bit about it. There's one called Parts Unknown. Can you elaborate a little bit on this film? Sure, this is... Uh, not one of my movies. It's one of the many movies I have a cameo in. I've acted in over 70 movies and TV shows. And I believe this one's directed by Rick Chandler, who's a good friend of mine. He's a Boston filmmaker. And uh, mm-hmm. while we were filming a cameo of Rick in my film, The Lich, which has Tom Sizemore in it and E.G. Daly, uh, Rick had asked me to do a cameo for him in Parts Unknown. And I believe I do a voiceover in that. So I'm actually not even physically in the movie, just my beautiful, resounding voice, which you hear now, is in the film. Yes. And it's a, it's it's a wrestling movie, so it's fun. It's a fun flick. Yes. I can see that you have a lot of fun doing what you do, so that's, that, that, that is key, especially in this industry, and um, I'm very oh, proud you to... you got to love it. I think mm-hmm. when you make movies or you act or, you know, you have to love... It's like any art. If you play music or you know you you sculpt, you gotta you gotta love what you you do. You have to have a passion about it. If not, then stop that and go find something else that you love. You know, like making little sculptures out of pop tarts. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, um, how long have you been directing films? I know you've been uh, producing and acting, but I'm focused on you as a director. Uh, I've been directing films for about 15 years. So I started out making music videos in high school. I was in a band called DNA, Do Nothing Anarchists. And we were, you know, a a punk band. And uh, I actually directed, came up with the concept for all of our music videos. And I actually took those videos recently and a bunch of other bands that I've been in 
because I've opened up for Mushroom Head and White Lion. But I never really took off in my music career, but I had all these music videos. So I made a DVD called James Balsamo Knows How to Rock. And I play several instruments, and uh, my first music DVD came out uh, last year. That is awesome. And that's how I got my start, directing. <laughs> so Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So in your bio, you mentioned that you're a jack-of-all-trades. Please elaborate on at least two things you do joyfully after directing films. Uh, well, I do movie effects. So uh, Fangoria, a few years ago, before it changed hands, did a two-page article on me about killer waves and the special effect for that movie. So I love sculpting and life casting and making moths. Um, but, you know, I, I do so much that I like to reach out. Like, I have Joe Castro, who's a great effects artist, you know, did make it for Wishmaster 3 and all these other great movies, you know, Terror Tunes, uh, you know, wonderful pictures. And, and Joe did the monster for my newest movie, It Wants Blood. Um, and then the other thing that I do is, uh, you know how some people play the triangle? Yeah. I used to play the circle, but I couldn't get around to practicing. Have you heard that one? It gets around. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, this is what I love about my horror directors. They have a wonderful sense of humor. No matter yeah. how dark and no matter how dark and sinister their movies can be, I love their <laughs> sense of humor. It just never stops. All right. right. Oh. Okay. Uh, I know that you have a current release or and or a current project. What is it? And give me some elaboration on it. Sure. Uh, my newest movie is called Catch of the Day 2. It's a buddy cop comedy, uh, and it's kind of a, a giallo slash And so that's got uh, Mike Christopher from Dawn of the Dead, John Amplis from Creep Show, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts is in it, and the amazing Kreskin, as well as uh, WWE Hall of Famer Bushwhacker Luke, part of the uh, Bushwhacker tag team. So that comes out uh, on the 30th in stores everywhere. And it stars me. So what's not to love? Action, explosions, and your favorite, James Balsamo. Okay. Um, next two questions I wanted to throw in. First of all, where are you from originally? And the other one I have is, how does Craig Muckler fit to make an impact in your life? Yeah. So um, I'm originally from Queens, New York, and don't you forget it. I'm an old-school New York kind of guy. I took diction lessons to my Brooklynese accent. And, you know, it comes out when I have a little drinky poo or something. And uh, Craig Muckler, I met on the set of It Wants Blood and... Craig Muckler did a scene with Eric Roberts, who stars in the film. And then Craig went on to be in several more of my films, as well as an associate producer in such films as Balsamo Beach, which is coming out soon, Killer Waves 2, and uh, Mind Melters 2. So the first Mind Melters was a compilation of short films that I had done before I had made my first feature. I had made over 30 short films, and that's what Mind Melters was. And so I had a few left over. And uh, that became Mind Melters 2. And then Craig Muckler and Bob Cummings recorded a, a new short for Mind Melters 2. And they're in that. Amazing. 
I we I absolutely have to show some love to Mr. Craig Muggler because he is quite a character. And I, yeah, I yes, I love showing love to to certain people and especially the He's been a he's been a real help um, putting some things together for GPR. So great love and a and a virtual yeah. hug to the man. He is truly an amazing human being. And Craig I is a talk- brilliant producer and made one of the greatest horror movies ever made, Microwave Massacre, which inspired me to make horror movies. I saw that movie and I said, Hey, I can make a movie. This is great. So thanks, Craig. Yes. A big thank you to Craig. He's a source of inspiration, and he's That's also true. quite. He yes, and he's got yes. a cool mustache. <laughs> yeah, he does, and he's got a great sense of humor too. Absolutely love yeah. him. Okay, so what's next in 2020, and how do you think that COVID-19 has changed the way we do films and write stories for them? Uh, well, I know some filmmakers are starting to make Zoom uh, movies, and I've I've filmed some stuff from my home in Los Angeles to be in other uh, filmmakers that tried to make quarantine features. But uh, myself, I've been going out and shooting six feet distance with uh, actors. Like recently, I've had uh, James Qual from the Tim and Eric show in my Melters too, as well as some other actors that I've kept six feet away from me at all times with my mask on because you got to stay safe. You know, this thing is crazy, and I think a lot of people are starting to think it's dying down, but I lost a good friend, uh, Joel M. Reed, who directed Bloodsucking Freaks, who was in several of my movies, including I Split Your Guts and Catch of the Day 2 and uh, the first Catch of the Day. So, you know, uh, that one's for you, Joel. Stay safe wherever you are. If there's one thing outside of the creative realm that you enjoy doing, what is it? Sleeping. That's uh, that's where I find a lot of my inspiration. You know, I drift and uh, take things from the void because we are the void. So I I find a lot of inspiration in sleep, and I love to sleep. I can imagine so. So I don't get I don't get much of it. I have I have terrible insomnia. To be honest, so I run on about three hours a day, and uh, you know I get up and I start running. I mean, how else can you uh, produce over twenty feature films, right? You can't sleep much. Yes. My mother used to say, uh, you, "You'll sleep when you're dead." <laughs> so get up and take the garbage out. Mm-hmm. You have quite a number of films in 2020 alone, and one of them is in pre-production, and two of them you're currently, it looks like you're filming. But um, I mm-hmm. want to ask about this one called Killer Waves 2, and you also have one called I Spill Your Gets 2. Um, yeah. And this, yeah, this is indicative to me that sequels are a demand for you. And It's true, will, yeah. Yes, I want to. I want to know a little bit about. Well, um, I've kind of been in the year of the sequel. I released Cool as Hell two last year, and it did really well. Cool as Hell is a a big film of mine. It's got Tom Savini in it, David Naughton from American Werewolf in London, and uh, a ton of other people. Andrew WK's in it. But uh, that's why I went out and I went made Cool as Hell two that had Michael Berryman in it and Linnea Quigley. 
and Phil Anselmo from Pantera's in Pools Hall too. And that's out now in stores everywhere. Best Buy, Barnes and Noble, go get your copy. Acid Bass Productions, what are you waiting for? And so that's why I went off and I made Catch of the Day Two, which comes out uh the end of the month, six thirty, twenty twenty. And then uh I started shooting Killer Wave Two, but then COVID nineteen happened. So we've been on hold for that because, uh, you know, it's it's hard to get bikini babes and masks running around, you know, as as much as eyes are a, a pretty feature. Who doesn't love luscious lips on the beach, right? So we got to wait until those masks aren't really a problem. But we already filmed Marky Ramon. He's uh, in the camp, as they say, which is crazy because now everything's on digital. So nothing, there is no film casting. Everything's on the SD card. That's what the saying should change to. Everything's on the card. <laughs> Little yeah. digital film sense of humor for you. Yeah. What can I say? I'm a real card myself. I'm, I'm, you know, I am noticing a, a major change in the film industry. I've been noticing it for some time now. Now that you brought up the idea of digital and that, that, that nothing is on film anymore, does does that affect you in any way? Does Has that bothered you? It has, so much so that I plan on shooting my new feature, Bite School 2, on 16mm. You know, I, I went to film school and I had shot a short film on film, and film, to me, has a different weight than digital. So I started out as a digital filmmaker after film school because... It's a cheaper medium. It's easier, you know what I mean? It's readily available to the public. It's easy to edit. The cost is right. You know what I mean? The cost for making a movie is already high, but if you add celluloid to it, it just skyrockets it. But, you know, I've been making movies now long enough where I think, for me, it's a passion. You know what I mean? I have a fan base. and You know, my fan base are film fans. They like film, you know, and especially a monster looks so much better on film because it has a weight to it. Film has like a depth of feel that you don't get from digital. So for me, I plan on making Bite School 2 on 16 millimeter. Um, film has always fascinated me, and especially the history of film. And, and I'm noticing that there is a drastic change, so that's why I felt the need to ask that question. Um, especially one who who enjoys the entertainment industry, who who enjoys the idea of making films. Um, um, I'm noticing there's a, there is a transition, and especially with what you talked about alone, um, especially now with the social distancing and with, with, with all the things that we're experiencing with COVID-19, you know, uh, people are using, um, people are more using virtual uh, um, apps such as Zoom, and um, and of course probably WhatsApp and probably other forms of of communication. How do, how do you think that has changed the way we make films at present? Well, like I said, I I think cinema has become way more uh, a vehicle for the people. Film used to be uh, something that you you really had to put the money into, but now anybody that has a cell phone can make a movie. You know, I met filmmakers at AFM that have, the American film market that have told me, Oh, did you know I'm a I'm a cell phone filmmaker? <laughs> I was like, What is that? That's cool. I didn't know you could do that. You know, but you can. You could you could shoot on your phone and, and that's it. That's it. You make a movie. And everything I think because of YouTube and, 
and Vimeo and, and sites like that. Uh, anybody can put up anything, and the quality uh, is so uh, across the board that people will watch anything. And that, you know, the the regular viewer doesn't mind if it's not shot on 35 or 70, you know, you know what I mean, and color corrected and spent hours doing ADR, and they'll just watch somebody get kicked in the crotch with a, you know, in a steel-toed boot, and they'll watch that video over and over and over again on the channel and so forth, because it's the content, it's not all. Is there a favorite application that you use for for film, uh, for film for the more contemporary filming that we do now? Uh, well, I don't use any apps to film anything for my films, but I, I do use a digital camera. I use the uh, the A7 which is a Sony camera that shoots on like a little card, like I was saying. So it, it is a form of digital, but I don't. I I'm on Instagram, Snapchat, all those apps, Twitter, but uh, but but just for personal and promotional use. Mm-hmm. Understood. Yeah, I, I think that they have pretty much dominated our world. Um, I actually prefer Facebook because um, it allows me to do more writing because that's where I feel like my my niche is. Um, okay. Yeah, Facebook's great. I love it. I, I don't like that they only let you have five thousand friends. You know what I mean? So and I'm I'm always constantly renewing when people come and go. So it's like I'm always at one thousand. Rough. Woe is me being popular. Well, I've actually gotten to the point to where I've I've become uh, accustomed to it and used to it. And um, the good part about it is I, I get to engage with more people than what I used to, and especially with mm-hmm. uh, the way that GPR is growing. So I feel I feel really comfortable with that so far. So good. So getting to this question, okay, what do you want to achieve for the remainder of the year? Um, you know what? I, I just want to kind of uh, enjoy – working from home and I mean I, I work from home a lot. I, I edit, you know, that's the beauty of having your own company. But I kinda do whatever I want and I, I like that. So I just like to keep that up. I mean, you know, the the state that the world is in hasn't really affected me, thank goodness, too much because, you know, I uh like I said, I, I work from home making movies, so it's sad that I, I don't get to see my friends so much or eat out at restaurants, but uh, I love you. So yes. I just hope that all my friends and family are, are safe for the year. That's, you know, I, I've lost a few friends, and it's it's just been heartbreaking. So I hope that's my hope for this year, so everybody stays safe. I feel the same way you do. We are on the same boat when it comes to losing people. We're just on different sides of the starboard. I understand that completely. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. There is a title that yeah. stood out, another title that stood out to me, and it was, uh, I believe it was 60 Seconds to Die. I love mm-hmm. it. It sounds very powerful. What is the story behind that film? Um, so this was a compilation of films uh, by a few different filmmakers, and so uh, my name starts with a B, so it was at the top of the list. So the movie was on Redbox, and I had made a short film 
uh, I believe it was called Fong, and it was about a serial killer who gets murdered uh, by the judicial system, and his murder weapon gets melted down and recycled into a nipple ring, and that nipple ring is put into and then the ghost of that serial killer uh, takes over her body and goes on a killing spree to destroy a sex trafficking ring uh, with caged, chained, naked cannibals. Um, and so it's called Fong. Cause the actor Edward X. Young plays like this old-school uh, Chinese sex trafficking guy with long fingernails called Fong. It was just, you know, ridiculous exploitation. And uh, it, it was actually from a, a short film I had made called Gory Tits. I know it's a classy title. Um, Frank Mullen from Suffocation, the lead singer of Suffocation, and I were making a joke on set that said, you know, all these horror films, it's all about the gore and the nudity, so we should just make a movie called Gory Tits. And that is how Fong came to be. It was a cut-down version of a 15-minute short film down to a one-minute film called Fong, and that's my part in 60 Seconds to Die. Oh, that's awesome. So you've had a ro- <laughs> Ridiculous. So you've had a roster of, of various different actors on uh, work, uh, that you've worked with. What I want to know is, is there any particular actors that you would like to have upon your roster in the near future? Um, yeah, I'd love to work with uh, Paul Rubens, you know, Pee Wee Herman himself, and uh, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Yeah. uh, I've worked with a lot of uh, musicians. I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of musicians, and those are two guys that I've kind of got my eye on, so hopefully we'll see in the near future. You know, I've done a lot of these interviews over the years, and I've been lucky enough to say, like, oh, who do you want to work with? Like, you know, people used to ask me, who do you want to work with? And I used to say, Dick Miller. And, uh, you know, I was honored to be the last person to ever film Dick Miller. I produced Hanukkah, the first Jewish slasher film directed by Evan McGar. And uh, I also did the cinematography for that movie. I was the DP for about half of the shoot. And I was lucky enough to be the last person to film Dick Miller. So, you know, that's what I like about doing these shows. It's like, oh, what do you want? It's like, oh, what do I want? And then I go and I see if I could do it. And I was lucky enough to get... Dick Miller, so hopefully soon I'll be saying, oh, yeah, I work with Paul Rubens and Sebastian Bach, so here's to the universe. Here's. Yes, yes, maybe the universe hear you out, man, because um, you hit a home with me with Sebastian Bach. I love him. <laughs> yeah. And and there's there's a reason the man has has such an amazing voice, and he can wail, and yeah. I'm he, and he's and he's got a um, an enigmatic and stage presence about him, and and I'm a I'm I'm an '80s rock lo- um, lover. I admit that I love the uh, the music for the '80s of, of all the and most of the hair bands pretty much. Uh, but yeah. but his yes his voice he's got that oper- that operatic voice that just that just wails and the vibration of it just hits your soul. I absolutely love his sound. Yeah. So, so kudos to you mentioning that. Um, I would like to um uh, um I would like to have a little bit of a shout out moment, of course, obviously to Craig Muckler. Thank you so much for 
um, for calling in last week and also um, bringing your friend James Balsamo. He's a wonderful, wonderful human being, and I absolutely love the stuff that he has on his roster of, of creations. And I also want to say uh, an, uh, an amazing shout-out to Catherine Coven Pacino. She's an avid listener of my program as well, and she's been sharing my links. And to my girl, Laura Gonzalez in Houston, Texas. Thank you, girly, for helping me um, boost the show. And um, also to the Williamson PR firm, I absolutely love Joe and the gang over there because uh, they have been um, li- liking, reacting, and sharing my links. And, of course, to my friend Ron, Ron McKibben in Indiana of Fingers and Sunshine. Thank you so much for, for sharing the links and, um, and, and just uh, getting people out there to listen to the program and everything. Um, I'm very happy to have featured you, James, because you have... Oh, thank you. Yes, you have a very colorful array of great uh, of stories, and you're and you're very outlandish, and you're uh, unconventional and out of the box, which is uh, what I mentioned in my intro. I love the stuff that you do, and like I said, I cannot wait to see what you're going to do next. And I think 2020, despite all the challenges that we've suff- that we've been dealing with and probably suffering with within this year so far, there are still blessings within these things that are occurring mm-hmm. in this. So I do not discount that. And with it's what true, I yeah, you got to appreciate all the little things, right? Yes, all, all the little things. Um, everything that we are doing um, creatively brings something to the imagination of, and and brings something to humanity. Uh, with with just a few seconds left, is there anyone or anything you'd like to say? Any shout outs or any love? Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to you for being amazing. And of course, Craig Muckler, don't forget to go to acidbathproductions.com, get all your cool James Balsamo t-shirts, action figures, hot sauce, uh, joke books, you know, I wrote two joke books, Total Punishment and Puns of Peril, available at Barnes & Noble. And uh, follow me on Twitter, at acidbathproducts, or find me on Instagram. That's right, click like on the gram, at James Balsamo, I want to be your friend, or find me on Facebook. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, likewise. Very much so. It's been a joy to have you. So before I go, please know that you can find Gypsy Poet Radio on iHeart.com. You can also find it on Apple Music or iTunes, as well as Pandora and Spotify. So be sure to look that up. And please be sure to uh, like, love, and share James Balsamo on all the platforms that he is on. And I will also be promoting the show on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for calling in. And this is the Gypsy Poet saying adieu for now.